This is Unstaged, PSR's first official podcast. Listen and learn from various professionals in the industry as they uncover the key to building a successful real estate business. Hello and welcome to Unstaged, PSR's official podcast. Remember, you can find us on all socials at PSR Brokerage. And remember to subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Today, I am here with Emily Hadfield. She is our marketing manager. Emily, how are you? Hi. Thanks for having me, Ken. <laughs> I have to warn you that this is not going to be a serious podcast. Um, I'm great. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you. I'm fabulous. Sorry, uh, I'm all hyped up now with energy because Ken just had his his um, most adorable child. Well, most adorable. Most adorable. <laughs> his yeah. only child. Remember, she is the marketing manager of PSR. <laughs> um, today, we are going to discuss what uh, a lot of us have on uh, on our minds is what what to expect and what are some social digital marketing trends of 2020 something that we should be on board with what we should be trying out uh you know things that we should be aware of and something that we probably will see more often of that we haven't seen in 2019 so first let's start off with what are you thinking is going to happen in 2020 with digital marketing you mean just like on a broad, like top level, like what I think is going to happen? Or do you want me to like go through my list now of all the trends? Let's let's go with a broad Okay. Sense. Um, with marketing in 2020, I don't think anything crazy is going to happen that's not already in place. I think that videos are definitely going to be even more popular than they are now. Um, and so I think that Instagram... Well, they've already made some moves towards this, but I think they're really going to ramp up their their video push. Um, I heard through the grapevine, also known as Google, <laughs> that um, Instagram's trying to make a section in their platform. And I think they rolled this out in beta phases in some parts of the world because I haven't seen it yet. But basically, um, it's going to be very much like the TikTok format where it's like short form Um, video clips that are meant to be more funny and engaging. I have the name of it here somewhere, but I can't remember what it's, I think it's called Reel, Instagram Reel or Reels. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's really going to be the biggest thing that's going to happen. And obviously like we already know that Instagram's removing likes. They've already done that in Canada in the beta phase, but it's going to be a global thing. So what is your opinion on that? The removal of likes? likes? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the biggest group of people that it affects are Instagram influencers because they would use those likes to show businesses like, look, I get this many likes on my posts. You should work with me on, on brand partnerships and pay me X amount of money or, you know, I'll get this in return because look at how big my audience is. But I think it's, it's a good move towards, you know, making sure that businesses do their due diligence and really do their research on these influencers to make sure that they're not just looking at how many likes they get, but does this person represent what my brand represents? Do I want this person using my product and and um, telling other people about it? You know, what are their values? Um, how much engagement do they get? So it really pushes the influencers to create some sort of package based on their backend analytics saying, um, you know, I might not get this many likes on my post, but I get this many comments. I get this much engagement. There's always people interested in the brands that I'm using and the things that I'm doing. So it really helps focus on those more meaningful relationships and therefore a more meaningful impact than just, I get a million likes on my post, but two comments. Okay. And what in 2019 did you see that 
you know, you don't want to see in 2020? Um, in 2019 specifically, well, I would say that I, I really am against buying followers and robots. So it's very clear that when you see a comment on your post on Instagram, it's clear whether or not someone took the time to see what was actually in the photo versus the people who just have an automated robot leaving like emojis, for example. And while people use that to basically help grow their following and help grow their reach, because engagement does do that, it helps you expand your brand on these social media platforms, it it's not meaningful. It's not a meaningful relationship. And that's actually one of the trends in 2020 that we're going more towards is towards more meaningful relationships and engagements online. So we're really, I don't want to see any of that. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of that. That's a perfect segue. So what are some trends that you see coming into 2020 that you expect to be pretty big and pretty popular? So, well, I did some research before this because I didn't just want to come into this and give my own um, suggestions, but a lot of my thoughts of where I thought we were going, that's what other people online also agree with. So I did some research um, and I looked at Hootsuite. They just released a um, social media marketing and management um, social trends report. I also looked at Forbes, an article that Forbes wrote. Um, another website called Influencer Marketing Hub. I mean, like you can just basically Google social media marketing trends online on Google and, and find these articles. Um, and it's nothing like groundbreaking that you're like, oh my God, I didn't even know that that was going to happen. Except for maybe the Instagram Reels thing that I was like, oh wow. So, okay, enough, enough rambling. The first one, the first trend that I think is really going to pick up is more conversational marketing. And engagements between businesses and consumers. So that goes for real estate agents and clients. Essentially, what we see happening is more of a focus on people direct messaging each other and having more meaningful private conversations. Um, what, what a lot of people do and what a lot of people focus on is like, okay, what do our posts say? What am I saying in my post copy that's going to attract you know, my target audience? Or how am I gonna tell my story in my posts? But while we're not saying that that's going away, we're also focusing a lot on, okay, now how can I actually connect with these people who are either commenting on my posts or liking my posts and have a meaningful connection with them in my direct messages or on my Facebook Messenger? Um, and obviously by doing that, you're building a closer relationship with that person. So in that sense, people also feel more comfortable when they're talking in private messages. So they're more likely to let their guard down and, and have a real conversation with you that way. Um, and you're, you're able to get more done. You're able to make those meaningful connections, build those, those connections with your, you know, potentially future clients or your current clients. Um, one of the things that I see really happening is a lot of automated messengers. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of them. I have, yep. Have you received any messages from automated not entirely sure if they're automated. Okay. Well then maybe that means they're doing it. They're doing a good job. But sometimes I'll get some automated messages on Facebook messenger of like a website that I had just been to, or I had just clicked on an advertisement and now I'm in that person's retargeting funnel and I'm getting messages from them. Um, and one of the things that we have to be really careful about when we're using those messenger chat bots is maintaining that personal messaging. So not sending out a mass message all the time for everything. Like 
this article that I was reading on Forbes and Hootsuite said the same thing was like, you can use these automated messengers for very top level, broad content. But then once you get to the point where, you know, that person has responded to that, to that messenger bot, typically a lot of them have different routes that they'll go down. So you can, you know, select one button that will say, take me to your website or one button that will say, you know, chat with a human. You have to have that chat with a human function because people at the end of the day don't want messages from robots. They want messages from people. If they want to see mass communication, they'll go to your wall. You know, they'll see it in their in your Facebook feed. They'll see it in your Instagram feed or they'll see it in your newsletter. They want more meaningful connection. So if you're setting up those Facebook messages with a robot, make sure that you're going in and you're actually following up with those messages yourself. And uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of the first one. So you're saying that in terms of uh, private conversations, you're seeing a lot more people be more comfortable reaching out to people through the DM aspect as opposed to, I mean, previously to me, when you slide into someone's DM, it's not really something you would normally do. But you're saying that it's going to be <laughs> When you say it like that. <laughs> you're saying that now I think more people are going to be uh, more likely to engage you through that, through the system as opposed to seeing your stuff, maybe posting on something, and then eventually you know, sending an email kind of deal. They're going to actually go through the system itself. You mean like they're not going to go from your Facebook page to like sending you an email? They're yes. more likely to email you, uh, more, more likely message to message you right, you right there? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if there's any agents listening that have been in this situation, but I've heard from a few just here at PSR, our PSR agents are really good at this, where they have conversations with people over Instagram. So someone will see their Instagram posts, see how well they're doing in their in their branding, because we also focus a lot on our agents' branding here, and they'll send them a message and say, hey, you know, I've been following you for a while. I did a quick Google search on you, and, you know, I think... I'd like to set up a meeting and chat about, you know, this neighborhood that I want to buy in or whatever it is, whatever the real estate needs are. That's awesome. So, yeah. And I mean, like I said before, it's okay to automate some of the easy stuff, but really focus on those meaningful messages and take the time. It takes time. Like there's going to be people listening that are like, I don't have the time to be messaging whatever number of people that I have on my, on my social media. But even when you're running ads, like you can run Facebook and Instagram ads and have a button that says, um, you know, click to message. So basically the person will click that button and it'll open up a chat message with you. Um, and you'll be surprised at not how few people do it, but you're not going to be inundated with hundreds and hundreds of messages. That's not the way it works. You're going to have a good, healthy amount that you need to follow up. In, and it's important to take that time if you want to build that aspect of your of your business. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, I don't see anyone really, especially in this industry, having to fend off droves of client reaching out to you on, on Instagram or yeah. Facebook. So for someone to say, well, I need a chat bot to be able to handle that amount of leads seems a little bit crazy, but I guess it's something that people do think about, about, you know, well, I need to create this chat bot so that I can reach out to people uh, immediately. I know that time is of the essence when it comes to leads coming online, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that, I think authenticity beats urgency m most of the time. Would yeah. you say so? A hundred percent. Um like even just in this in this review that I have here, it says 52% of consumers say that they get frustrated when brands don't offer any human interaction. So 
they're more likely to engage with you if you've taken like an hour to get back to them, but you're, it's you, it's not a robot. They're more likely to be like, okay, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Like an hour's nothing. I was busy running errands. And then you have that conversation and you make that connection over if it was like an instant chatbot. Hi, how are you? My name's Steve. I'm the chatbot. Do you want to do this, this, and this? Fair. So. And anyone listening, I mean, think about it this way. When you're on the phone with either Rogers or Bell, how often do you press zero just to speak to oh, someone yeah. just to skip over the automated message? So it does make a lot of sense. It's the same on social. Uh, what is trend number two? So trend number two is video marketing. I mean, this isn't something that's come out of nowhere, but it's definitely going to grow. And a lot of what I saw when I was doing my research was, oh, TikTok, TikTok is huge. TikTok is taking off. How do I use TikTok in my business? And finally, I saw Hootsuite's report and they were like, okay, yes, TikTok is growing, um, but it's, it's not TikTok itself that's so popular. It's what it does and the community that it builds. People like raw, fast, funny, entertaining content and that's really what has made TikTok so popular is that authentic community and the ability to express yourself creatively in a safe space that's not as popular as Instagram or Facebook. So you don't feel like you're putting yourself out there as much. I mean, you still are. TikTok's audience is huge now. But um, yeah, basically people are consuming video at, at such a high rate now. The average is 46 minutes per day consuming videos. That was on TikTok alone. 46 minutes. 46 minutes. And they're 15 second videos. So people are watching 46 minute or being are on TikTok for 46 minutes at a time. On watching average. Watching videos. Oh yeah, I believe it. When I downloaded TikTok as an experiment to see what it was like, I would lay there for two hours on my couch and those two hours would go by. You're the so reason why the 40, it's 46 <laughs> minutes is so high. Well, there's 800 million monthly users just in 2019 in Q1 reported. So I'm on TikTok as well. I don't use it as often. I'm still learning how to use it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it is a relatively young demographic on there. Yep. What do you say to those agents who are saying, well, no, those are for my 12 year olds? Well, yeah, the age range, 69% of users on the platform are 16 to 24 years old. So, okay, so that's my point though, is that TikTok is not the platform that I recommend real estate agents be on unless they're like super hilarious and they want to build their client base while they're young so that they're remembered in the future. I mean, that's a great strategy, but that, that will take time. So we're talking about, you know, utilizing your time in the best way possible. So the, the point of TikTok is that videos are massive right now, short form, easily consumed videos. Um, you have to be authentic you have to keep it somewhat fun and you have to keep it short. So, I mean, take that as you will. I think one of the areas that is probably the most beneficial for real estate agents to focus on would be Instagram stories as a starting point and then IGTV as another point. Um, I don't think Instagram's going anywhere. Uh, TikTok blew up because of the reasons that I just said. But I, I don't know if TikTok's really going to last or if it's just a fad, if it's something that people are like, oh, I really like this and that's going to go away. I don't know. Um, but I think Instagram's not going anywhere. And I think they're really, really investing a lot of time and money into videos. 
And uh, yeah, like I just said, they're they're creating this thing called Reels. Um, and basically the feature is going to allow Instagram users to set 15 second video clips to music, share them as stories, and then potentially make them go viral. Um, that's, that's their words, not mine. Um, at the top of the top Reels section of the Explore tab. So if any like avid Instagram users are listening, the Explore tab is where you go in and like follow accounts or see posts from accounts you're not already following, things that are trending, that Instagram thinks that you're going to like. And there's going to be a new section called Reels. So it's going to feature all of those videos, which I think is going to be really cool. I'm excited to see that. Um, yeah, so. What do you think of someone using TikTok as a springboard for practice before using this new feature of Instagram Reels? Um, so that they're not showing it to their entire platform, but they get used to using it. Yeah, I mean, why not? There's no harm done. I mean, unless the content is being seen by a bunch of people and it's not on brand. Um, no, I think do it. Practice. Even practice on your phone. Like, get comfortable taking videos of yourself. Like, when you're at home alone, take your phone, put it in front of your face, film a video, talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. And... You'll, you'll get better at it the more you practice. Because right now, like even I'm trying to practice with it and I find that I ramble and I go on and on and on and I'm like, oh my goodness, like I need to cut this down. So when you film yourself and then watch yourself back, you just, you're going to get better and better at it. What do you tell those people who are, who are looking at doing video and do video and then they find themselves never, never getting to the point of saying this is worth posting? Um... I mean, I don't think you're going to know what's worth posting until you post it. You have to just get the courage to just post it out there. If you're serious about wanting to create more video content, it's scary. It's really scary. Like I posted four stories last night of me talking to my video, to my camera and I was terrified. I was like, what if people think I'm lame? Like who does this anymore? People aren't really posting a lot of videos, but I was like, you know what? If I don't do it, I'm not going to know what the response is. So I just, I just did it. I posted it. I put my phone down. I went to go do an exercise and I went back to my phone and I saw all these great positive messages from people being like, yeah, I'm so excited for you. This is great. Like, good job, Emily. Um, and it was really, it helps also with doing that, you get that positive feedback. And so it helps you want to do more. So now I'm like, oh, maybe I'm doing something right here. And it feels good to get that positive affirmation. So I'm going to post more videos. Cool. You got to just do it. What is your opinion on the fact that, you know, there's a rise in podcasting versus actually video um, content? Do you, see, do you feel like it would be pertinent for someone to maybe avoid video as a whole and go into something more voice oriented if they're not comfortable in front of a camera? Depends on the person. Depends on your preference, I think. Um, I think videos are just what are most popular now. So I think it's a really good area to start being in. Um, but I think podcasts are great too. A lot of people listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts on my walk to and from work. It's about half an hour. So it's good for longer form content like that. If, I'm, if I don't feel like listening to music, I'll listen to a podcast. Um, you know, people who aren't comfortable being on video can be on podcasts because you're not worried about how you look or the way you're sitting or, you know, how you make stupid hand motions. <laughs> Again, straightening up. <laughs> but yeah, and people like to listen to themselves talk or people, actually, that's not true. People like to talk. Listening to yourself back is usually the problem. 
<laughs> I'm probably going to listen to this and be like, I hate my voice. But yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is just to pick something and then be consistent with it and give it a good try. Like don't try something for a week and then say, yeah, I don't like it. You have to really give it a good shot. Like give it some time and you'll know, you'll know when you hit that wall where it's like, okay, do I keep going with this or is it time to move on to something else? So you just got to try it. Cool. What's the next trend? All right. Let me flip over my pages here to my next section. Oh, actually, I have one more thing to add to this, but it's it's not really in this trend. It's just kind of like a side note that I read that I thought was interesting and that I think really applied to... Why are you looking at me like that? Ken's giving me a weird face. Am I talking too much? <laughs> you can talk, you know, it's a podcast. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Continue. He's embarrassed. So... They also say to keep an eye on these like niche platforms, these niche um, social media networks. So they mention LinkedIn and Pinterest, and I don't exactly think that those are niche, but they're not part of the big three, which are Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So I've had agents ask me in meetings, like, should I focus on LinkedIn? Should I focus on Pinterest? And I'm like, well, I mean, LinkedIn, yes, because it's a business network. I think it's important that you have a presence there. But I've typically always just dismissed Pinterest because I'm like, I don't know how we would work it into real estate. But when I read this, Pinterest has 322 million global monthly active users, active users, not people who have accounts and don't go on, but these are people going on every month. So I think I underestimated Pinterest a little bit. I think it had such a boom in 2012 and I was always on it. And then it kind of died off and you kind of go on it when you're planning something with your friends, like a bachelor party. But then I was like, like Matt and I might buy a house in a few years. And so I'm starting to think about how do I want that to look? How do I want to design it? What do I want the layout to be? And you're not going to go on there and search for your real estate agent on Pinterest, but you're going to go on there to plan your dream home and how you want it to look on the inside. Even if you're buying a condo, thinking about buying a condo, you're going to go on there and you're going to plan out like, okay, what are some interior looks that I want? Do I want more plants or do I want, you know, more black and white? I don't know. So (laughs) you're going to go on, you're going to build these boards and then you might follow other people's boards. So if you're a real estate agent and maybe some of your niche is also like interior decorating or interior planning, you should be on there and like planning different styles of boards for people. And if you get people in the Toronto area or whatever area you do real estate in following those boards, you're building a relationship with those people and you're, they're going to know that you're an agent and they're also going to know that you have great taste. So you add even more value to that relationship. So the point don't knock Pinterest. What other niche software or platforms that, uh, some people may not know about, uh, would you feel like are coming up? Um, that people don't know about nothing that's really popped out so far. They also just really talked about TikTok, uh, not TikTok, uh, LinkedIn, like I said, and apparently LinkedIn's user base is continuing to grow as well. And I always think of LinkedIn as kind of like, like a Twitter where, you know, it's like not my focus, but it's there. I think it's good to be there, but they've had 650 million users on LinkedIn now. So I think And they've increased, I just read this, they increased more than 2% in the past three months alone. So something's happening on LinkedIn. And I also think that the key is that LinkedIn is also focusing on video content. So that's really good for them. And and they've just um, created a whole different um, network in LinkedIn where you can really focus more on the relationships with your coworkers, which I think is really cool. So there's something to be said in spending a bit more time on, on LinkedIn as well. Cool. Okay, trend number three. So this one um, is more about 
paid ads and paid ads in addition to an organic strategy, which means no non-paid and focusing more on long-term planning. So one of the things that I read in this, in this article was that more and more people are fo- focusing on short-term campaigns and expecting the same ROI from them as they used to or they have this expectation of a certain ROI in their head and they think, okay, I'm going to run this one campaign on Facebook for two weeks and promoting this listing that I have. I'm going to get five people to message me and be like, I'm interested in seeing this property. It doesn't, even in real estate, it's a little bit more finicky and it doesn't exactly work this way. So you need to have a balance between long-term campaigns and short-term activations. So when you're planning out your year, You need to think about building your brand throughout the entire year, how you want to do that. And that's not just organic. That's that's paid campaigns as well. And then having niche sales activations in in between that. What's a sales activation? What's an activation? Activation, for example, would be a very salesy ad or post that clearly shows that you're selling something like a call to action. Well, a call to action can be any call to action. But I'm saying like message me now, buy now, inquire now, like something that's very pushy and aggressive. So if you have a listing, for example, and you, um, you have this listing, it's at a certain price point and you want people to message you to see this property and buy this property, that's a sales activation. A brand building strategy is something that you have long-term where the point of it is to basically build your brand like you want people to know who you are you want people to know that you're a real estate agent you want people to get your um you know your feel your style your niche who you are what you do um you're basically selling yourself that's a long-term brand building strategy and that never ends you're constantly working at that whereas sales activations are little things that go that go on in between that and if you have a strong brand building strategy it's going to make your sales activations even stronger social media is all about building relationships and so it's important to show people that you're a real person but you also need to make a living so you're going to have these little things in between in between or on top of on top of, I should say on top of, yeah. You're not stopping your brand. brand awareness strategy just to have a conversion ad. It's going to continue. It's going to be on top of that. And like, we're going to have to talk about this in a different podcast because it's a whole separate thing, but you know, how to build out conversion campaigns and brand awareness campaigns and how to have them overlap on top of each other without, you know, targeting the same people and risking, you know, some people seeing one and not the other. Like there's, there's certain ways to, to build those out and um, different tactics and stuff, but yeah. Do you see the organic reach on Instagram continue to decline so that people would have to spend a little bit more money on ads? Yes, a hundred percent. Um, I mean, I feel like social media started out as obviously a social platform, but really focused on brand building and really focused on that organic aspect of it and some people even argue that instagram's removing their likes just so people will buy more ads which could or could not be true i'm not instagram i don't know but it's it's not a bad idea if you're instagram you're trying to make more money you want brands to be purchasing ads to sell their products instead of using these influencers at a cheaper price possibly 
Um, but yeah, uh, I just, I think that people are always talking about ROI, ROI, what's my ROI? And it's also easier to measure that when you're running ads as opposed to doing organic reach. And there's different tactics and things that you can do to help measure your organic reach. Again, that's a whole separate podcast, but there is definitely a decline of organic reach. I mean, even I've seen it on my Instagram. I've, I talk to multiple people and they're like, every time the algorithm changes, I feel like I'm getting less likes and less views and less reach. And that's why it's really important to stay on top of each, these trends and know what these big companies are doing and the pushes that they're making um, and, and keep, keep on top of those and, and alter your strategy to suit those. Do you suggest for people to continue to do their regular posting and stories and video and all that jazz, even though there is not that much organic reach? Would you say, if someone were to say, okay, well, what should I do? Should I just keep posting my three times a week, even though it's not going to reach everyone? Or should I just limit myself to four advertisements a month? Um, I mean, if you really have to look at your your own brand and if you're doing your own social media, you have to keep in mind your time, how much time that you have to do all of this and plan all of this out. I think organic will always be there. So I think 100% keep your organic strategy. Keep posting three times a week. Keep communicating with your audience, like I said at the beginning. Um, but trickle in a paid campaign in there. Always have a brand awareness campaign running and then do your... Um, sales sales activations on top of that as well. So it's it's all 360. It all ties in together. One supports the other. You can't just have one um, without without the other three. I think they all really tie in well together. A little bit off topic, but in regards to posting, um, mm-hmm. I've seen a little bit more of a trend where people stop actually putting things on their page and solely focus on stories. Uh, what is your opinion on that? I think you shouldn't, completely stop posting on your on your grid I think posting on stories more and more is really important I think definitely ramp that up there's also a sweet spot with posting on stories too though because when I open up the Instagram app and I'm clicking on someone's story and I see that there's 50 little tiny um, lines at the top which means that there's 50 little stories I'm not going to watch all of those it's people want things fast I would say your max should be about 10 throughout the entire day but yeah, maybe I just, it, it, it depends. And you can see it too, like in your views. Always be keeping an eye on your analytics. Like when you swipe up in your story and you see that at the first story, there's 500 views and at the last story, there's 100 and it's been up for 24 hours, you know, listen, people dropped off. They either weren't interested anymore or it's just too long. Keep it short and sweet, but definitely ramp up your story posting. Yeah, I find myself not going into the stories Often, um, I don't really. I don't. I don't look at the stories as often as. Um, I don't know. I'd I say it's pretty even for me. And and that's the thing. I I've noticed that you know I'm not a big fan of watching the, the stories. I'm also um, not a fan of watching video. Um, that's why I like really? seeing the words on a video. Like if there's there if there's a uh, caption on it, I prefer to watch the video. If I oh you mean like you don't like watching the video with, with sound. sound? I'm not. You know, if I'm going to watch a video. I'm going to probably look at the first 13 to 15 seconds. If it's interesting enough for me, I'd probably watch it without the sound already. And then if there's caption, I like it, then I'll turn it on, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is why I don't go into the uh, story world as often. Um, But I find that when I I follow a large amount of realtors, 
you know, I, I start to question whether or not they're even active on Instagram because I'm not on their stories often. And all I see, and then if the last time they posted on Instagram was four weeks ago or maybe six weeks ago, all of a sudden I start to think, okay, are they even on Instagram anymore? So that's why I asked that question of whether or not um, it's a good idea to keep posting on Instagram or, you know, if I'm just a uh, an individual who's kind of fallen off the stories story wagon and more people are actually on that and uh paying attention to that more than they are the posts well there's 500 million people opening stories and the explore page each month so i think you're you might be part of the niche who don't watch stories i mean obviously people have their own things that they like some people like the feed some people like the stories some people don't like instagram at all so it really depends on what you like and but yeah, I think for the most part, stories are, are huge. People like to see people's stories, but I think what's happening is that we're not seeing enough of people in these stories. We're seeing a lot of posts of things and, um, you know, people pointing the camera away from them and not towards them. I think people need to start pointing the camera towards them and talking to their audience more often. I, th- I, th- I think you're correct. I think a part of it also is in my head, when you post on stories, it's not permanent, mm-hmm. right? So it's not something that you want necessarily to be there forever, mm-hmm. uh, which means in my head that it's not as important. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's in the page, it's something that you're you're proud of, you want people to see, which is kind of why if it's not important to you necessarily, it's not necessarily that important to me. And... Um, if I miss it, I miss it, whatever. Whereas if it's on the page, it's a little bit more of a, okay, well, you are you want me to see this. That's interesting. So Forbes, one of the articles that I was reading, called it ephemeral content. So that's content that's temporary and then it goes away. I think that that encourages people to post it. But I think that's just going along with the whole, you know, we want content now. We want to consume it quickly and then it's gone. We're not going to go back to it. But that's why Instagram introduced highlights was so people could save those stories to their feed. And then IGTV came in where you could do these, you know, one minute videos. They're still relatively quick. And then you could post them to your feed and kind of incorporate that together. Um, And now with Reels, it's going to be even shorter and faster content, but it's not, I don't think it's going to go away. I can't remember what they said. I think it's, yeah, they didn't specify whether or not it's going to go away, but it's going to go... It's going to be posted on your profile and it's going to be the same thing where it's fast, quick content to consume. And it's not that I think people don't care about it as much as they care about what's going in their feed. But I think people are so obsessed with making their feed look a certain way that it prevents them from posting in their feed. And they're like, I'm going to post on my story since this doesn't visually affect my grid in any way. Like people look at their grid like a portfolio. It reflects who they are as a person. It's like the welcome mat greeting of your brand when people click on your instagram profile they open up their grid that's their first impression of you whereas like when you click on the stories you're expecting a deeper level of authenticity and engagement with with that person interesting next trend i only have three prepared because i didn't want it to be too long and i felt like you were giving me these eyes like okay move on to the next question because you're rambling but yeah i mean those Those are the three main ones, having a conversation with your audience, making sure that you're always engaging with them on an authentic level, Um, video marketing, making ephemeral content. So always having, you know, your face in front of the camera, talking to your audience. And if you're not comfortable with that, like we said, practice more Um, and 
having a long-term brand awareness strategy with sales activations trickled in. Those are the three main trends that I saw across the internet when I did my search and even from what I'm seeing with my own experience. Do you have, awesome. any, do you have any questions for me, Kenneth? Well, I'm going to leave it off with one thing that I'm going to ask you to share with the uh, audience is sure. what is one way or how would you, how would any realtor who is listening to this, um, you know, they're walking away with the idea that we need to engage more with everyone on the internet mm -hmm. using social media to welcome people to have conversations with them. How would they go about doing so? What is one way that they can go out and say, okay, well, I can implement this today to have more conversations with people. Open up your Instagram, go to the stories section, record a video of you saying, Hey guys, I am making a goal for 2020 to make more video content. What do you want to see from me? And then have that be your video. And then when you're editing your story, there's something called a button. It's like a questions button. And then ask it in that button, say, what video content do you want to see from me in 2020 and have people respond and have people tell you. You're showing your face, you're engaging with your audience and you're learning what they want. That's one thing that you can do right now. And then hashtag PSR brokerage or add us so that we can see if you're doing this. I'm going to be looking. I manage our Instagram. This is true. Yeah, That's awesome. That includes you, Kenneth. I do a lot. <laughs> you do. Often. Okay. So let me ask you. So this is an interactive podcast. Yeah. The interviewee becomes interviewer. What is one thing that you've learned in your video creation journey? Cause you've been creating a lot of video. What I've learned is as much as, as much to your dismay, uh, I know that it's important. The quality of video mm -hmm. that, that needs to go up. Um, I'm not a video person, so for me, I choose doing over quality. So for me, as much as it's not the best video that I can probably make, I post often, uh, or I try to do my best to post as often as possible. So it may not be perfect, I just post it anyways, and I feel that with that gives me the confidence to keep going, and I'm sure that anyone who's following me on Instagram, they see the first video I did uh, when I asked the question of what you do on, well, what did you learn on Fridays? Um, it is progressively getting at least a little bit better. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more clear. I don't spend 45 minutes recording the first 13 seconds of that video. You know, it's, it's a little bit more consistent and um, I find that that's what I've learned when I'm, when I've cre been creating content, especially specifically video content is, uh, the biggest thing is you got to do it. Mm. You got to do it to learn. Um, you got to do it to to get better at it. And I think that a lot of people, myself included, I hate the way I look in front of a camera. But I, a lot of times I, I record it and then I just let it go. I just send it out into the universe. And yeah, just, you can't rewatch it over I never and over watch again. it again. Like, I just say, you know Because it makes what? you pick out all these little flaws in yeah. yourself. And you're like, oh, I don't want to post this. This is stupid. I go you from, have to just do it. I, I literally go from, you know... I watch it the one time and then I watch it the second time. You know what? I, I should have shaved before I did this. And all of a sudden I'm not <laughs> posting a, a video until I, like I wait for my next haircut to do it. Like it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And that's why, uh, for me, if I, despite the fact that I don't like doing video, I just do my best to go and do it. And I find myself learning a lot more. And even it's the stuff that, you know, you don't, you wouldn't have learned like how to articulately speak or ask a question on in front of a camera. Exactly. Well, you know, one of the other things, I don't know if I mentioned this, but 
people don't want manufactured clean cut content anymore. They want real, authentic, raw content where you're being yourself because no one's perfect. And as someone watching a video, I want to be able to relate to that person. Well, it's one of the things that I find um, really beneficial about social media is, I mean, let's let's be honest. One, it's free. Mm-hmm. You can you can post whatever video you want. You know, manufactured content is costly content. You have to hire someone to do so. Whereas, and I, even time costs like the time it takes to make something perfect. Absolutely. I mean, the cost essentially to hire a videographer to do um, a thirty second video is is quite quite a large amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, whereas the video that I do every Friday is completely free and usually doesn't take that long. The other part about it is. Let's be honest, whenever we watch movies, what is our favorite part of the movie? The blooper reel in the end. Yeah. Right? We love true. seeing the blooper reel. <laughs> the, the movie was great, but we love to see what happens in the end in, in every uh, uh, movie that has a blooper reel at, yeah. at there. So I find that you're right when it, when it comes to that stuff. It's people want to see the authentic. People love seeing when people screw up. People love yep. seeing the, the funny stuff. Just That's like why when, we laugh when people fall. Yep. Because <laughs> or why we love it when we watch SNL, if anyone yeah. still watches NS- SNL, and when someone starts to crack yep. in the middle of a skit. Like, yeah, it's so true. We love watching that stuff, and I think that you know SNL does, it's a great uh, great way of seeing that stuff. Is we'd like mm-hmm. to see each other. We'd like to see everyone, like you said, raw. It's hard, though, because people view that as weakness. People view you not being perfect online. Or, no, you think that people view that as weakness. But really, like, whenever I've seen someone be authentic and be themselves and say something that wasn't overly positive all the time on social media, I've been like, wow, I really like you and I respect you even more than I did before. It's one of the things that I've... It's one of the reasons why my Instagram page is the way it is. um, Mm. Because I can't be perfect Mm. i don't have the budget to do so (laughs) i don't have the budget to actually hire a photographer every time i want to post something on instagram and even then i don't like the image that i have well there's things that people do to just to keep like i don't know something like colors consistent is look at different filter apps like obviously visco is one you have to pay for certain filters but for the most part there's a lot of them that are free so people do little things like that but if you're in a hurry and like you're a busy man, you just post what you can. And I think that's the most important thing. And post what you think represents you the best. I think oh, yeah. no one in my Instagram or anyone who looks at my Instagram will think that I am polished. <laughs> I don't think that's... And What's that's your not, Instagram handle? You should shout it out. I, uh, my, sh- my, my Instagram is at Kenneth LaRosa, K-E-N-N-E-T-H-L-A-R-O-Z-A. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, and I'm not aiming to be polished because it's not who I am. I find that if someone sees me on Instagram and then meets me in person, there's not going to be that much of a variance. Mm. You're going to really know who I am, mm-hmm. essentially. And I think in in terms of personal brand for realtors, that should be how it is. Yeah. When you see a brand online, and you see the and you meet the person for the first time, it shouldn't be that much of a different mm-hmm. thing. Like I shouldn't be like, oh, I didn't expect you to be this way. Uh, whereas if you look at my Instagram, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised on the way I act. Yeah, and yeah. you're still adding value. You're doing these quizzes every Tuesday every, and Thursday? Yes. Where you yeah. ask a different question to do with real estate. Yep. And I've even heard people talking to you around the office saying, wow, I didn't know that, or I just learned that today, or how, how could I not know that I've been an agent for X amount of years and I didn't know that little thing? And so you're, you're still really adding value. That's the point. You're not just putting up content that, you know, is just a bunch of goofy content that doesn't mean anything. You're 
you're adding value and you're being yourself at the same time. Yeah, and it's it, you're right. I hear a lot of people who actually really enjoy the con- uh, the questions and the quizzes, and it's fun for me because I get to ask a bunch of questions. I'm an educator at heart, so being able to ask a bunch of questions and seeing people respond to it. And one of the things that you've taught me is we have to engage. And one of the only ways I can really engage is asking questions and having a lot of people respond to it. And it's fun because I get to see people who you know, wouldn't have conversations with me try the quiz. Or even if they make a mistake by trying to forward through the quiz, they accidentally press the wrong answer and then they'll message me afterwards and say, that wasn't my, my answer, I was just trying to forward through. Mm-hmm. So at least I have an opportunity to speak to them and I think that's a, that's a great way. I mean, obviously my target audience is a little bit different. Mine's is, mine focuses on realtors, but I think that a lot of people don't really do that because they don't want to look goofy. Yeah, they don't want to seem weak. They don't want to seem weak. They you don't, don't know s- less because you're being yourself. Absolutely. I mean. I've been in the industry for 17 years. I don't know everything. And if you're, if mm-hmm. you think that you're supposed to, um, you're, you're thinking the wrong way. I think. Have you ever set up a quiz question where you're like, Oh, I didn't even know the answer to that. I'm going to put that out there for my audience. Not necessarily. I don't think, uh, there was, there are, there, it's, you know, it's been harder and harder to find stuff. I mean, a lot of the quizzes I put up, I actually have to research first because I don't know the answer to it yeah. or I found out. So little, little hint, I found out about those things that week so i i send out a quiz because i you know i learned something that week and i put it out there because i want other people to know from my mistake what i've learned from from that week so a lot of times if i have a quiz out there it's something that i may have learned that week or you know i think last uh, last quiz i put up a couple of days ago was you know what was the year over year sales i didn't know that number until i looked into it or until i found out so it's you know i don't necessarily know everything i I truly don't, and mm. uh, a lot of things stump me on a regular basis, and I think that if you keep learning, you will always be have value to your client, and that's why I keep giving those qu- uh, quizzes out. Yeah, I think that sometimes realtors, and I don't want to generalize, this obviously isn't everyone, but I think sometimes realtors stop learning, and I think Adam talked about this in one of his podcasts. It's either out or it's coming out, but you have to always be learning no matter what industry you're in. It's not weakness to your clients to say, I didn't know that, but I just learned it. Because guess what? They're going to trust you when you give them advice on things. If you say, you know what? I don't 100% know that. I need to double check that with my broker of record. They're going to trust that you're not just giving them some bull poo answer. (laughs) I don't know if we can swear on this podcast. You're not just giving them some answer that you pulled out of your head. You're being authentic and you're being honest. And you're saying, I didn't know that. I'm going to go double check. And it's good because people should be constantly going to training. Like when I did this social trends research, I learned so much that I didn't know and that's fine. I'm a marketing manager and I didn't know some things that were happening in marketing. This is a fast paced industry and I know that there's a lot of changes happening in real estate too. So whether you're new or you're old, there's always something to be learned and there's no weakness in admitting that. Absolutely. I definitely agree. Um, All right. All right. Thank you very much, Emily, for joining us today. Thanks, Ken, for having me. No problem. And thank you everyone for listening. This has been... Wait. Oh. Follow me on social media. Oh, yes. Follow, at follow Emily M. At Hatfield, E-M-H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D on Instagram. That's really the only place you need to follow me. That's the most important thing. Or That's just right. email me at psrbrokerage, e.hatfield at psrbrokerage.com. Or come to one of my marketing 101s. If you're not a PSR agent, email me anyway and, and come learn something. Yeah, absolutely. You're more than welcome to come in. Um, 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. And make sure you follow us again on all socials. You can follow Emily. Again, Emily, where are you? Em Hatfield on Instagram. On Instagram. And you can find me at Kenneth LaRosa and PSR at PSR Brokerage. And make sure to subscribe to all of our podcasts. Talk to you guys soon. Remember, you can find us on all socials at PSR Brokerage. And don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And until next time, this has been PSR Unstaged.